to the FishCast. We will leave the South and talk some Big Ten football. Penn State versus Ohio State. What about Michigan State and Michigan? We also get into the playoff rankings and what they should look like as they come out this week. Should Ohio State really be ranked above an Oregon team that dominated them at home in the shoe? What to think of the performances in Tally, Gainesville, and Miami? Fishcast. My name is Corey Long. Joined as always, Charles Fishbine, Major League Baseball coach uh, and apprentice. And welcome back, Coach Demo, Chris Demarest, back in the house after a few weeks on assignment. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. We got to, like I said, we're going to be uh, entertaining some schools that we usually don't entertain except so i got a text message from one of our listeners somebody i was surprised he hit me up he's like i've been listening to all your podcasts they've been great but we need you we need to talk about big 10 football so we're gonna oblige yeah Thank i mean you. we come out of you know <laughs> like i expect when i hear michigan michigan state i don't care where they rank I'm looking for 9-7 punt fest. I mean, the weather was what I expected, which was overcast and gray, a noon start. I'm thinking you and me were going to be texting each other like, wow, when is somebody going to break past the 50-yard line in this game? And instead, this is a, this is a great back-and-forth football game, great efforts on both sides. I think McNamara threw for almost 400. Uh, the Walker kid has five touchdowns. Uh, Michigan goes up 16 points, uh, but uh, State outscores them 23-3 to down the stretch and gets another victory, big victory for Mel Tucker. They're now in the top five. Probably this has to go down as one of the three worst losses in Jim Harbaugh's career because you, you feel like – like I feel like this might be his best team at Michigan, and a lot of times you go, okay – He's going to get one of these wins. He's too good of a coach, and then, you know, and, he's, and, he, and he can figure this out. And this was the game. You're up by 16 on the road. They were doing what they wanted to do offensively, and then, boom, everything just changed. You know, we talked about it, though, Corey, like, and I'm sure Michigan fans on their message boards and the media, they want they want to go to a, into a different direction from Harbaugh, but he's going to win nine, 10 games. One, like are it, it's a very difficult situation. You can't just fire somebody that's successful. I mean, Michigan's going to win uh, probably a majority of the games. I mean, they've got Indiana, Penn state, Maryland, and Ohio state at worst. They're going to go two and two and be nine and three. Uh, they could get to 10 wins and go 10 and two. I, th- I do think they have a good enough team to go and play uh, beat Ohio State at home. I know there's going to be people out there that say no, but we saw Ohio State last night. I think we're both in agreement that they're not as good as uh, the experts keep saying. So he's got to keep this team focused. They lost a game they should have won, but for some reason Michigan State's owned uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, since he's come back, and uh, I'm sure that doesn't sit well with the Michigan faithful. But Michigan State has a very good football team. We saw it earlier against Miami. They got some very good transfers. Um, I had a coach that's in the business that had told me that Mel Tucker was somebody that I should look at like three, four years ago. And now he's going to be the hot commodity in college football. Does he stay at Michigan State? Uh, History tells you if you look at his resume, 
he's not long for East Lansing. This guy has um, not been at uh, any school for that long. And the last time LSU went to Michigan State for a coach, they had a lot of success. His name was Nick Saban. They went up there and they got him. And I, I think it's very possible. And we, we both agree that Tucker should not take that job but it's going to be very hard to pass up if he's given the opportunity to coach at that school in the SEC. And I want to say, before you go coach him, I want to say, we're not saying he shouldn't take it because he's not capable. I think he's more than capable. I just don't trust LSU. I don't trust boosters. I don't trust boosters in these Southeastern schools when it comes to black head coaches. That's fact. We'll spell it out right now. I don't trust them. And I don't think that they'll give them. I don't believe that he'd get the fair chance that he deserves. So for that reason, until they prove trustworthy, that's the way I'm going to feel. All right, Debo. No, I just was going to say at the end of the game when it was over, I think they put up Harbaugh's record versus top 10 teams. I think it was like 2-15. and 15. That's not good. <clears throat> you don't mind losing to a Michigan State now and then when they have a good football team like they do this year, especially that number nine and running back. He, he's pretty darn good. But when you go 2-15 and 15 or so against top 10 AP teams, that doesn't look too good with you. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know they only have one loss, but Fisher's right. They're going to have to end up with 10 wins. So, you know, what do you do? You say that's not good enough? Well, if that's what they're basing their standards off of, maybe it's not at Michigan. But we'll have to wait and see. Dima, my question to you is, you know, you look at Harbaugh, he had a lot of success at Stanford. He had a lot of success in the NFL where is he coming up short, in your opinion, at Michigan? Is it is it the pl- personnel? Is it the coaching? Is it uh, why is he not winning? Why is his record so poor against the top fifteen teams or twenty five teams? You know, I you know, fish. I think he does a decent job in recruiting. Not not great, but a decent. I think he has a lot of turnover at his coaching positions. And to me, consistency has always been the ninth, number one thing in coaching and, and success <clears throat> at the college level. So the turnover ratio there and, and getting recruits year in and year out. It's funny, like when I watch Michigan, it just doesn't excite me. There's nobody coming there that's going to be a Heisman Trophy winner and, you know, all that stuff. Michigan State actually excites me more. So I know the pendulum swings and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, Fish, I, I think it's consistency in the coaching staff. It's really hurt Michigan over the years. I mean, I always brought this up and and you look at when, and I hate to bring up this situation again, but Jimbo got to Florida state. He was seven and one against Miami. He was seven and one against Florida. He understood the teams he had to beat to keep the fan base at bay. Now you could go nine and three, but if he beat Miami, you beat Florida state or Florida, the fans are fine. Like I just think that they figure eventually you'll get over that hump. Because if you win the state of Florida, you most likely are playing for titles. But Harbaugh's come up short. And it's like – and these games are not – a lot of them aren't blowouts. That Like this game he was leading. I remember they were leading at one other time. I think they had a block punt or something crazy happened against Michigan State a few years back. He finds ways to lose instead of win. And I think that's what gets the fans frustrated because they should win these games. They, they were up in this game. They were, they were winning. They were controlling the game. And it gets away from them. And my question is, like, why are they getting away? Is, is it that they don't have those finishers on their team, those guys that are top-rated players? Like, Michigan State has a stud at running back. That kid, it, they, they found this kid. He came off the transfer portal. We'll talk about that a little more. They, got, they hit a home run. Uh, this isn't the same Michigan State team that you've seen in the past where they just ground and pound when they had um, 
you know, guys that, you know, they, they've always been, had good running backs, but this team could throw the football too. And Mel Tucker's put a very good defense on the field. It's just crazy. Like Tucker goes to Michigan state and in year two, he want he's winning these games that matter. He won the Michigan state game. Uh, I mean, Michigan game. He's, he's now, he won the Miami game. He's now sitting at eight and zero, and now he becomes a hot commodity. He's taking his game to another level where, Harbaugh, when he was at Stanford, he won these games. He beat, you know, the USC's. He beat the teams he had to. But then he goes to Michigan, and it just seems like every time they're in one of these games, they find a way to lose. Well, it's Mel Tucker's turn right now. You know, Coach Bowden used to say, win the state championship, you know, beat Florida and Miami. And also it helps you in recruiting. It really does. You know, you lose to Michigan State, it can hurt you in recruiting a little bit. You might not get the guys you want. The big house doesn't sell itself just on a – maybe 10 or nine win season. So you have to beat certain teams, like you said, which gains the interest of the players and the fan base. And then you can go ahead and can finish with recruiting, which is really the key to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my concern for a situation like Michigan, you get a guy like Harbaugh, he's, we, we've established that, you know, his, as a, as a generally speaking, he's going to win nine, 10 games. That's, a good place to be. It's not a let's be honest, winning 10 games a year is not an easy thing to do. You don't want to end up like Texas, where you fire Tom Herman and you bring in a guy that's not even as good as Tom Herman. Like Steve Sarkeesian is not as good of a coach as Tom Herman, and it shows. And it's like you don't want to you don't want to end up on you, you don't like being on that treadmill, but you don't want to go backwards because you're just you're 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 just not thinking, you're not thinking things through. So I would tell you know people from Michigan, yeah, think about this. You got to literally, if you're putting this guy in the hot seat, you have to think. Think, can I get somebody to give me 11 wins a year? And if that guy's not out there, what are you doing exactly? You're being Texas, who is who gave up a good coach for a coach that's not as good as him. You're being Nebraska, who gave up Bo Pelini, who was trying to tell you how hard it was to win in Nebraska. They went out and get Scott Frost, who is not going to take him to a bowl in his first four years. So what are you doing? You know, again, it, it just comes down to very simply, it's one thing to be mad. It's one thing to want to beat Ohio State. Hey, Ohio State does lose a lot. You know, so. Hey, listen, they didn't. They didn't. They did. they, 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 I mean, like they, teams are getting too Teams are getting off on them every year. Listen, Ohio, Ohio State's been good since I've been following all the way back to the John Cooper days. They always found a way to lose. What's crazy, they'd either lose a Michigan or Michigan State at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, they had that team with Eddie George, Terry Glenn, uh, Corey Stringer, all those guys, and that team didn't win a national title um, because they lost to Michigan. And that's the craziest thing. It's now like the shoes on the other foot. He just can't get over the hump with these schools. And will their fan base just – Look, he, he looks like he almost has a lifetime contract, but you know, eventually the fan base and the boosters hate to, you can't lose to rivals. They always say you could go two and 10, but if you beat, you know, Ohio State and freaking Michigan State, I think the fan bases would be happier than if they go nine and three and lose to those two, you know, and I just, it's, he's going to have to put like this year, I think the Ohio State game, um, he's got to win because Michigan's got the team. Ohio State's susceptible to uh, their style play Michigan this year. They got to find a way to win the games at Michigan. I don't, I, I really think that Jim Harbaugh may decide to take an exit stage you know, door left or right or whatever and end up back in the NFL. He, you know, at some point he's going to get tired of this and say, you know what, maybe it's just 
maybe I should take another job. Yeah, you know, Fish, they, it's almost like they have to beat Ohio State this year. You're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. They have to beat Ohio. They lost to Michigan State. Okay, sour right now. Yeah. But they have to beat Ohio State. If they don't, he might quietly exit on his own. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I just yeah. think like if a you know he's still he's still a favorite in the NFL. I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that would give him a job uh, as a head coach. He's it's, a heck of a coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a heck of a coach. And and listen, the NFL. You know, changes coaches there over every year. All all it takes is one coach. Maybe even who knows? Even Cleveland. You know, they may you know they may sit there and if they have a, a year where he, they don't make the playoffs, they could get rid of their coach. It's stupid, but that's what happens in the NFL. And I think Harbaugh could always lean on that and just say, you know what? I don't like he. It just doesn't seem like he wants to go get those players that are going to get them to the next level. And you know, he's. I think he's content. He's at Michigan. He was a he's a uh, a legendary type coach, uh, player, guy that played there and everything. And I think he's content because it just it's just I don't know if he's going to get over the hump. I like I said, the Ohio State game is everything to him this year. I, I don't believe he could lose that game and just the fans are going to be okay. I just don't. I think they'll finally be like, listen, it's the, John Cooper eventually got fired at Ohio State because he couldn't beat Michigan and he was going eleven and one every year, ten and one. So. I think this year he has to win. And I just say, you know, I, I agree. I agree that this is, this, you know, Ohio State is going to be ripe. you got a young quarterback. you got some shots at him. But I also said to the Michigan people, be careful what you wish for because irrelevancy is one bad coaching, co- coaching choice away. You know, ask a lot of programs out there that were relevant five, ten years ago. You make one, you make the wrong coaching choice, no one cares about you anymore. You know, you're a team that shows up, that plays through a schedule, and forget getting Ohio State, you trouble to beat Minnesota. You know, so it just – that's just the area. And sometimes you have to look at look at your infrastructure. You have to look within to me, look at your infrastructure, look at how – look at, you know, the standards that you put out there. How, how are you making recruiting – how are you helping your coach recruit? You know, if he needs to recruit more five-star talent, are you is, is your program in a spot? Is your program's demands? Is your school's demands one that make it, you know, make it easy for five star talents to come in, or make it, you know, make it a place that can be academically capable for five star talents? You know, that's a there's a lot of little things that go into this. It's not just missing getting guys or missing guys. You know, you have to, you know, when you're at Michigan, Michigan is an academically reputable, you know, it's a high-end reputable academic school. You have to get certain types of kids in there. Not everybody can go there. Not everybody's going to make it there. And, you know, that yeah. has to always be yeah. considered. I don't you, think you it's know a that, you know that coaching at, You know that coaching at Rutgers, right? I, I think you get your five stars at the Michigans. I think where they make the mistake is the two, three, or four stars. They don't evaluate them good enough. They just take them on merit. You got to really evaluate. The five stars are easy, right? If you get one, he's six six, three hundred pound offensive lineman. Okay, but you got to do your due diligence on those two, three, and four stars. And if you get a couple of them that are good, and they play like five stars, then you got what you want. Well, and that's that, what a lot of the SEC and Florida schools do. Listen, it's it's we've talked about that at Florida State when when they won their last national title. It wasn't the Jameis Winston's and the Dal, you know Alvin Cooks. It was when they hit on Cam Irving. Cam Irving was the 25th player in their class. He was a three-star D tackle that they moved off at tackle. He ended up a first-round pick. You look at a Brian Stork, who was a three-star tight end at Vero Beach High School. 
Terrence Brooks was a kid out of Danillon. These were guys that started that were three-star kids, and a lot of them ended up first-round picks. And if you Correct. hit on, if you, you're, you know, you're going to hit on the five-star kids, but if you're hitting on the three-star kids at a high rate, that's when you know your teams get very talented. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you know you're going to hit on the five-star kids. A point. I think. Well, well most. I, of the, I, I mean, I there's, a, there's a saying. Yeah, we're saying you know you need your support. Your support system needs to be strong. I mean. We talk about the Jameis winning. The, they don't want a title without Jameis. They might want eleven games, but oh, there's Jameis no, there's the no, they there's, won the title. No, there's no question yeah. he's the reason okay. they won. But remember, there, there there was a lot of guys on those teams, right, that went high in the draft that were not as highly rated as him. That they hit on, they hit on. Like Cam Irving was right. the twenty. You know, PJ Williams was like the twenty fourth rated player in their class. Ended up in the NFL. They found him out of um, uh, Ocala Vanguard. Ocala, yeah. Like so. They did a very good job of evaluating those kids, like Demo said, and also hitting on their high. Like, if you go look, those classes that won those championships for that that them that year, they were hitting at a, above a sixty percent rate. When they started to go below fifty, that's when they started to struggle because they missed on a lot of those evals on those other kids that were three and lower four star kids. That's when you start to um, hurt. And then if you don't hit on the five stars, plus you don't hit on those other kids. Then you got what you got now. Yeah, you just got, got a bad roster. Yeah. Um, Mel Tucker, definitely coach of the year candidate. I think the only other one he's competing against is Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. Like, I think it's literally, there's only, if it's anybody outside of those two that's like your top two for coach of the year, you're just not, you're not paying attention. Because those oh. are the two guys. I mean, maybe Luke Fickle comes in there late, but, you know, he did, you know, he won what he, what he go 12 and one, 11, something last year. So, yeah, we've seen that out of him. But well, no one can tell you you'd expect Michigan State and Wake Forest undefeated in the top ten at this point in the season. Well, thanks to Demo, we got Dave Clawson on the show. So that was big. And, I mean, you go look at their schedule at North Carolina. Um, that could be a game that they find a way to lose eventually. I know, like, North Carolina is not playing that well. It's going to be a hard game. But they got at North Carolina, NC State, at Clemson, at BC. I mean, are we talking an undefeated season for Wake Forest? Is that possible? I mean, like, I, honestly, they better just put a statue up front in front of that stadium. <laughs> if, I mean, we're going to we're going to put a statue on our on our podcast site, like with Dave Clawson's picture next to it. If he goes 12 and 0, because honestly, that will never he should have a lifetime contract if that happened. He should have one anyway. But honestly, he could coach the next he could basically get checks till he till he dies. And probably after that, like he'll have a Barry Bonds type contract. If he goes 12 and 0. But but I'll tell you what, Fish, you talk about hitting on those three stars and four stars and two stars. That's what uh, he made a living out of. Yeah. And he's been building this for a long time. So this has been this hasn't been overnight. No. He's been doing it and waiting for this no. opportunity and, for a while. And you know? and like and like we talked about, like Fish, like you and I talked about last week, COVID. COVID doesn't help out everybody, but if you're in a situation where you're where like at Wake Forest, where it's about red shirt development, time. All those kids that get extra years at Wake Forest are taking advantage uh, the, of that. The super so you, senior, their super senior yeah. class at Wake Forest is honestly, it's like BYU this year. I mean, they got they got grown men playing, uh, you know, college football. But listen, he still has to go out and do it. I mean, they're beating everybody. There's, I mean, they're they're winning games that they used to not always win. There's, listen, it's one thing to beat Florida State, and we've always talked about this at Wake. You're going to trip up because they don't have the talent and depth that all the other teams have. 
And that if they have one injury that, I mean, like literally they're one key injury away from losing the next four games. I mean, because that's just, that's the program they are, but the job he's done there is phenomenal. And honestly, like this is once again, I, you can't quite, he's one of the top coaches in college football. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, there's really nothing you can say. I mean, he, he may be a Michigan guy, you know? I mean, you, you look, he's, Absolutely, he's, yeah. he's, he's coaching at a small private school, very similar academics. I mean, you know, if you're going to get rid of, if you're going to get rid of uh horrible, he may be a guy you're, you take a chance on. He's coached at Bowling Green. He knows the Midwest. I mean, I, he I may be the per- say that he may Bowling be the per- Green guy. Yeah. He may be the perfect fit. I mean, coaches that do well in the big 10 come from that Mac conference. You go look at the history of the school's, that were uh, coach in the Big Ten. I mean, most of those guys are Mac coaches. I think Nebraska is kind of he's kind of upset that they couldn't hire him for. And I, you know, I'm not going to sit around here and not. I I I don't think Scott Frost is a bad coach. I think Nebraska tries hard. Fish, you and I talked about this. They just don't win. They don't win games, and that yeah. comes on. At the end of the day, is their head coach's responsibility to win games? When you look. All six of their losses are by eight points or less. That's on your head coach. We talked about this, and and I know, you know, Demo will – he'll disagree with me a little, but the one thing we talked about even with, you know, PJ at at Minnesota, he wins games. Like, at the end of the day, if it's a stick or whatever, like, if you – if he goes nine and three or ten and two at Minnesota, he found ways to win that maybe Michigan found ways to lose. Like, you can't – Moral victories, fans get tired of hearing that shit at some point. Like, you got to win. You got to win. Like, Scott Frost was a very good coach at at, at uh, UCF, but he goes to Nebraska. He plays the same quarterback. He trots the same guy out that's a loser year one and thinks he's going to change year two and three and become a winner at that program, and that's on him. That's why if he gets fired, uh, Adrian or whatever the kid is, Martinez is going to be the reason he's fired because he never got his quarterback in there. And he went to bat for this kid three years in a row. And it's like, all right, the, I don't even think the kid has a 500 record at, at Nebraska. You can't start that guy for three consecutive years. What's he going to come back next year? You're going to start him again. You can't keep rolling that kid back. You got to go get somebody else. Well, a lot of people say he's a Nebraska guy, Frost, and maybe he is because he played there. But there's something going on. It just ain't right there. Something's happening, whether it's divided, whether it's not divided, whether it's 60-40, but something's not right there. I'm going to say this. So. I'm going to say, he has, this is his sixth season in, as a head coach. He has one winning season in his career. It was, you know, it was a great – he caught lightning in a bottle at UCF. And when the world was his oyster, he took the hardest possible job to win a national title at. I think – you know what I think is going to happen, and I mentioned it. I think, I think they're going to buy him out after this year. I just don't think you can go four years without a bowl game. Forget not going. You're not even getting to a bowl game. I think he's going to go to FIU. That's going to be open, and I think he might catch lightning in a bottle. He'll be smarter next time to uh, hold on to that job until he finds something that he knows fits his style. I don't know the Big Ten. It's his style. The guy came from Oregon. He's loose to high flying going out there, putting up a lot of points, running a lot of plays. And in the Big Ten, you got to win. Like we talked about it, you got to win some games ugly. you got to win some but, dogs. But Demo, and you can't do that. Demo will tell this to you, all right? Scott Frost was a California kid, I believe. 
He played at Stanford. He transferred to Nebraska. Listen, he was never really a Nebraska guy, even he, though he won. All right? right. He had issues with Lawrence Phillips and his girlfriend. And that, and yep. a lot of people still hold that against Scott Frost in Nebraska. Right. So he's not a fan favorite, a lot of people in that administration. So it's not like he has everyone that backing. And the one mistake he made, and I, and I, I, I understand why he did it, when he took the when um, Grove got offered the Wake Forest job, he basically wanted to bring the entire staff from Wake Forest, and they turned him down. And he kept he ended up not taking the job. Scott Frost literally brought everybody. He brought every calculator, every freaking fax machine. He brought everything from UCF. He didn't leave anything behind. He brought even coaches and guys that didn't really probably weren't up to the par of coaching at that level. He didn't care. He, want, he wanted everything, and I think it backfired. I really do. I think there's a lot of guys that he brought with him that weren't great recruiters, that they got lucky at UCF, and he got to Nebraska, and it got a lot harder because at that level, you got to have got – I don't care. If people could sit there and say, well, it's in Nebraska, this and that. I guarantee you, and I'm going to say this, and I know Demo's on our show, and I'm biased towards Demo. If you put Demo at Nebraska, I guarantee you he will pull kids. He will convince a kid that Omaha is freaking South Beach. I'm telling you. Well, Fish, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, it can't, you can't just keep going names, 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 names. Sometimes you got to look under those names to where huh. the real dudes are. And those are the guys you want. So we'll see. Just say FIU, you found yourself your next head coach. <laughs> Nebraska better hire the right guy then. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, I, I, you know, I think I'm joking. I think you should go to FIU, and I think you can hit lightning in a box. At least he won't have to worry about the Florida kids he recruits transferring out after a semester like he do at Nebraska. Well, do we want Coach Ponce to get the FIU job? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't wish you that do. on Coach Ponce. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on Coach Ponce. No, nah, listen, I, I, I think he could – at those schools – it's not as difficult because you don't need as many great players. You get a handful of kids, you could turn those programs around. It's been proven. And a lot of those Sunbelt and Conference USA type schools that you can win right away if you get a couple players. And with the transfer portal, and I know Demo can't stand it, but those are the schools that really could take advantage of it because there's a lot of guys that they could sit there. They could talk to Miami, Florida, Florida State and say, listen, any kid that you feel you want to, you know, put in the portal, we'll take them. Just make sure you push them our way. And and you have those advantages. I I say, you know what, if you're Nebraska and you're thinking about buying out Frost, which I think is going to happen, you better open up those purse strings. Mark Stoops at Kentucky, I think, can get you can get you to a place you want to go. I think Dave Clawson at Wake Forest can get you to a place you want to go. I think, you know, I think they'd have to pay a lot for P.J. Fleck to move from Minnesota to Nebraska, but I think he can get you to a point. I think there's a few coaches out there that can get it done, yeah. but it's going to cost you a lot of money to get it done. But you I know, think they've got it. They've got you, it. But you got you got to pay it to win. Like, you go cheap. You've seen it so many times when you go cheap. Listen, you want to win, you're going to have to pay for it. You know, that's yeah, just the absolutely. way it is. You're going to have to go get a coach that maybe you're going to have to overpay for and – it's just a way that, you know, it's the way it rolls. Yeah. All right. We're going to be back. The second segment. We're going to talk. Selection committee makes their choices on Tuesday. How are they going to keep Cincinnati out of the top five? How are they going to keep Oregon behind Ohio State? We will answer these questions and more. We come back with more of the fish cast. 
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.